you know, there's all kinds of scenes that I respond to in movies. I respond to music sequences. Uh, I respond to big comedy sequences. It was like uh, they galvanized the, the entire theater. Everybody uh, woke up. Everybody got connected. And, you know, and I would go see a, a, a film that had a, a, a sequence like that. I would see it two or three times at the theaters just to see that sequence. And then just to have that experience uh, uh, with an audience. Welcome to Making Tarantino, the podcast. I'm your host, Philip Duke. And on this podcast, we watch and discuss a list of movies that Quentin Tarantino recommends and see if they've influenced his work and to see what they're all about. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by my good friend, Andrea. Now I forget. And Andrea, 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 see? Andrea. Yeah. three ways to say it. Uh, mm -hmm. yep. so, uh, to get everybody to know, you know, you like long walks on the beach and you like all that stuff and, uh, pina coladas. Um, what are some of your favorite movies and directors and genres? I, I like, um, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward, Robert Ford. It's such a long title. I hate saying yeah. it, but that's yeah. probably, <laughs> that's probably my favorite all time movie. Yeah, it's um, I just think it's really like beautiful. I like it, Roger Deakins cinematography a lot. It's very beautiful. It's like everything is a painting, every uh, frame. But then also, mm -hmm. it made Everyone me act really well. It made me feel that as well. It made me feel that Jesse James must have been walked around stressed the entire time of his life. Like, just think, like, who's gonna kill? Somebody gonna kill me? I know that somebody's gonna kill me. And, you know, and then there's that thing. Did he know? Did he not know? Was he like, I'm going to hang up the picture. I'm going to give you time. I'm going to look away. Or was it, you know, but anyway, yes, it's very, I only saw it once and I loved it and I need to see it again. But those are those things. Like I talked about, I think last week, like Lawrence of Arabia is a great film, but you're not going to, it's not rewatchable as much. You revisit every once in a while, Citizen Kane, like all those but more rewatchable is, you know, you want to watch something fun or something light sometimes. But who directed that one? I, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know the okay. director. I was. Always, <laughs> I, I was should know. Um, what are uh, what are some of your like favorite directors? Um, if you have any. Like me. I like, uh, go ahead. Go, go ahead. OK, I, was just I like who. <laughs> go ahead. I like Kubrick. Kubrick's good. I need. I've yeah. never seen. I've never seen Barry Lyndon. And okay. Is that the only one? Recently, I saw Spartacus again with new eyes, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so good!" Like that fight scene with the flaming thing. Even though that was more not really him, you know, it was like a studio thing, like not him going away from whatever. But the killing. I've loved, like, I always loved that. Um, dang, there's something. I think Barry Lyndon's the only one I haven't seen. As I say that, some others will pop up. But anyway. I was just trying to think of other movies and directors because that's, I know there's more. I just, yeah, like, I, drawing a blank. Um, like you well, said, everyone does. 
That was Andrew Dominic was the director of the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. He did Blonde. I don't know. If oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, I wa I watched that. I def yeah. I still haven't seen the whole thing. I started to watch it, but it does seem like it's from that documentary where they found her recordings or they talked to that psychologist that was talking about mm -hmm. all of her problems. Um, yeah. But in her short life, she must have taken so many pictures. I find all these pictures come up on my feed and I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, when did she just chill and not have pictures taken? Um, oh, True. Killing Them Softly. That other one, I think that he did. Was that before? The Brad Pitt did before or after the assassinate 2012. Yeah, it was after. Um, anyway, and Chopper. So, yeah, that's cool. But, yeah, I like like you know, Steven Spielberg and of course, Quentin Tarantino and the S Craig Zoller. Have you seen his stuff like bone Tomahawk and uh brawl on cell block 99? No, I've heard of bone Tomahawk. It's really violent, isn't it? Yeah. It's got, yeah. It, it's the only movie that I got nauseous toward the end. And then I forgot last year, me and my cousin were doing another podcast and I had him watch it. And then he writes me back and is like, I don't like you should have warned me. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel bad that I didn't warn you, because now I remember the feeling that I felt when I watched it was like, you know, um, but it's really good. But, yeah, he's like, you know, maybe the new Quentin or something. But, yeah, I like it's funny. I, I got these movies for free from a friend of mine. He had a bunch of DVDs and blu-ray and he was like hey i'm getting rid of these do you want them i have no room for them i go i go you want to give them to me you want me to buy them he's like i'll just give them to you i said okay so he gave me a bunch and what was cool was i'm like oh you have a bunch of uh terry gilliam in here like so that's cool so it expanded my collection there and he had you know all these he had more uh i have a lot of chris nolan but he had some other uh some more nolan stuff that i didn't have the only one I don't have is Insomnia and uh, the following. But anyway, uh, I said that uh, the uh, we have an additional comment on Dirty Mary Crazy Larry from last week. J.O.H.C.B.C. on Instagram wrote, quote, love this one. Some great car chases. One of Susan George's great run of 70s movies with Straw Dogs, Sonny and Jed and Mandingo. So, yeah, that was like 74. She did like Sonny and Jed, Straw Dogs and uh, Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry. It's crazy. I like Straw Dogs. I haven't seen those other movies. Uh, Sonny and Are Jed, you, they did yeah. that on the, the uh, uh, Video Archives podcast. And so I found Sonny and Jed, I think, on a YouTube. Uh, it was an OK transfer. It wasn't too horrible. Um mm. But I haven't seen Mandingo and I have only saw Straw Dogs once. And I think when I saw that, I was expecting the Wild Bunch type. And then you're like, oh, this is more slow burn, you know, stuff. So and then Scott Copeland on Facebook on the Video Archives podcast fan page that I put a picture up of Dirty Mary Crazy Larry said, quote, I saw this at drive in in the 70s paired with Vanishing Point. Best way to see the movie. Only quibble was they showed Dirty Mary first, which made Vanishing Point seem a little slow, but still a great double feature, end quote. So, yeah, I don't know if you've seen Vanishing Point or 
or even Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Um, mm -mm. There's a link on archives.org where you can watch Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. Um, it's a good transfer too. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast. After subscribing, leave us a review. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter and sometimes Facebook. And I'm still questionable about all that. And I still call it Twitter. I'm not going to call it X. And if Elon Musk is going to charge, then I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with Twitter. Sad but true. Um, yeah. So now you ready to get on with the show? I got a cool trailer that I found to play. Sure. First, it was the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Now, it's the long Good Friday. There was the courier, the cash, the ripoff, the boss, the meeting, the widow, Good Friday, 1980, the plot, an up-and-coming gangster is tested by the insurgence of an unknown, very powerful threat. Starring Bob Hoskins as Harold Shand. So the role of Harold Shand was written specifically for Bob Hoskins. And in 1981, this is crazy, it was reported that Hoskins was suing both Black Lion and Calendar Films to prevent their planned release of the U.S. TV version in which Hoskins' voice would be dubbed by English Midlands actor David Dacre. Can you imagine his voice? Like, that'd be so weird. Like, um, yeah, I think they were worried Americans wouldn't understand his talking or East End. Yeah, that I'm too. Saying. Well, that happened with, I don't know if you own Mad Max on physical copy, but you can either put the Australian original or mm -hmm. you can, it's dubbed with. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, Max. Hi. But, you know, no. Oh, Australian. It, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, my gosh. Like, but um, but he, he was not dubbed. So that was good. Um, but yeah, that's what's weird. There was a movie a long time ago called uh, there was a part here where I had to put on the subtitles when he saw his friend, when he saw Paul Freeman in the freezer and his and uh, Razor saying something to him. And I had to rewind it a couple of times and put on the subtitles because I couldn't hear what they said. But it was mm -hmm. more because it was kind of dubbed. The, the AC was going for the freezer and all this stuff. But anyway, Helen Mirren is Victoria. Dave King is Parky. Brian Marshall as uh, Counselor Harris. Derek Thompson is Jeff. Paul Freeman is Colin. P.H. Moriarty as Razors. And Pierce Brosnan as First Irishman. So Razors, he was, uh, dang it, I had it written down. He was in uh, 
lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. He was um, ah, Hatchet Harry. And I was like, oh, that's cool. But he was cool. I loved him. Like, he's got that scar on his face. Yeah, and... I like his look. He's got a great look. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then same thing with Paul Freeman. Like, I remember seeing uh, Hot Fuzz. And you're like, and you're like, oh, that's Paul Freeman. That's Belloc from, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, my God, that's cool. And then you see him in this and you're like, and in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he had like gray hair. And now he's got like black hair. And you're like, OK, you know, but anyway. Um, and Pierce Brosnan as first Irishman, his first movie at 25 years old. Um, and it's written by Barry Keefe and directed by John McKenzie. And before the planned ITV transmission, the rights to the film were bought from ITC by George Harrison's company, Handmade Films, for around 200,000 pounds less than the production cost. It gave the film a cinema release. So I think I read this was the first Handmade Films that George Harrison put out, you know, before Time Bandits and all those others. And I think Mona, Lisa's, Mona Lisa was a Handmade Films. I think he said something about it being pretty violent and he wouldn't have normally like put that on his whatever handmade. Yeah. It was too violent. I could see that. <laughs> I could see that in a way, but also like this is so is so of the time, but it's so British. So it's not only a great gangster film, it's also good to see for that time. And if you listen to me and uh, Nani state on uh, Mona Lisa that he was saying like, yeah, the mob was there and they burned down one of the, one of the uh, boardwalks because they wanted their boardwalk to succeed. He's like, we believe it was gang activity and that's what's going on here in the eighties is like these gangsters, you know, and you know, it's crazy. Uh, you ready to get to some listener opinions? Man, I don't even have an opinion. Well, you gotta have an opinion. John Connell on Twitter wrote, quote, you don't crucify people, not on Good Friday, end quote. Alan Durham Cryfy on Twitter wrote, this and Get Carter are by far the greatest Brit crime films ever. A superb film. Kama Fight, like K-A-M-A, -A, uh, Fight on Twitter wrote, quote, a rare gangster point of view of England's declining influence over the world. If the play Look Back in Anger by John Osborne was written from the point of view of a gangster, this movie would be it. A hundred years ago, someone like Harold would be celebrated in England, end quote. Pedro Jimenez on Twitter wrote, Get Carter and The Long Good Friday are the two most perfect British film noirs ever made. Snakeskin Jacket, one of our film buds on Twitter wrote, I haven't seen it, but at grandma loves it and she has impeccable taste. Uh -huh. uh, Real.gone.htx on Instagram wrote, quote, a masterpiece. It's not, I've not heard QT talk about this one actually. Good to know he's a fan. Toss up between this and get Carter for greatest British gangster movie, end quote. Paul Evans on the Making Tarantino, the podcast group on Facebook wrote, Quote, this is a classic British gangster flick made all the real with great locations used as they are talking about the Docklands, which was redeveloped 
much as they planned in the film. London is as much a character as Bob and Helen. So that was interesting, too, because they lost the bid. London lost the bid for the Olympics in like 88. But then in 2012, they got the Olympics. So so that and now they said that's all like a yuppie. All that around there is all a yuppie paradise. Uh, Philip Meller also wrote on the group page on Facebook, uh, quote, love the film. Who doesn't, right? Hoskins and Mirren are class double act. We have Brick, Bricktop and the Brosser making an appearance and Charlie from Casualty getting bottled. Guy Ritchie is a fan. Just look at the ending of The Gentleman, a complete lift from this classic, end quote. So that's the thing, Bricktop, I was going to go back and look, but you know Bricktop from, uh, I think, uh, from uh, Snatch was was in this movie is what he's saying, but I didn't notice him. So um not sure. But, uh, and then uh, Dave Kolinich. Oh, but about them being like him and Mirren, like she's not like a woman who's like keeping seat, who's like just being quiet on the side. And she's not like being into drugs or doing something else like she's right there with him like they're 50 50 it's awesome uh dave kolonic or kolonich <laughs> on the video archives podcast fan page on facebook wrote quote great leads in hoskins and mirren i think this movie was kind of a bridge between the grittier brick crime films of the 70s get carter and villain and the flashier fair of the 80s end quote which I get, I love 70s because of that grit and the crime, like, you know, like taking Pelham one, two, three or whatever. Like, I like that gritty, whatever. Um, you have anything to say before we start? You're like, no, I'm ready to discuss this movie. Are you still there? Hello, Andrea? Yes. Um, I like, yeah, well, you said you like the, the gritty 70s. I like the music and the outfits. Mm -hmm. I like yeah. their suits and their bell bottoms and their haircuts. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, no, I, <laughs> I, love, I like all their, I like yeah. that they're smoking and. <laughs> yeah, it's always where you go. You go. Oh yeah, that was like I was alive for that. Um, of you would go to a restaurant and people the next booth would be smoking. So when you got set down, you could be like, "Could we please be where somebody maybe isn't smoking?" But there was no smoking or non-smoking. You would just maybe be there until somebody sat down and started smoking. And then it became, then it was smoking, no smoking. And then it became, nope, smoking isn't allowed. And it's like, okay, but it was weird to see that happen. And it's weird to see movies where people are smoking on airplanes or you know just smoking a lot where you're like oh my gosh or even old actresses with a cigarette and you're like oh they used to smoke oh gross <laughs> so uh now you're like i smoke asshole sorry um anyway all right let's discuss this thing so first i put here you're like what's going on but in a good way you're like oh i'm in it like oh there's a you know briefcase full of money and some clothes and what's going on oh my god and and it's I didn't even notice until I was watching a thing on Criterion Channel where they said it's total silence for like 10 minutes or something of him taking the case, going into the, you know, them going to count it. And then those guys breaking the window and shooting them and killing the three guys. 
And it's, it's so good where I remember the first time I watched it this time, of course, this is my second time watching it. How many times have you seen it? Like 20? <laughs> no, just, just three. I only saw it for the first time earlier this year. So oh, I just, okay. you know, I saw it last year for the first time. Yeah. But you get more out of it the next time you watch it and you're like, Oh, and you're watching Jeff more and you're like, Oh, Jeff's being saying some things and, you know, you know, kind of watch him really good. Um, but then I jump to, like I said, jump in anytime that woman spits in Jeff's face and something I was mm -hmm. thinking about, about this, cause I talked about Christopher Nolan. It's like Christopher Nolan. He doesn't spoon feed you anything. It's just like, figure this out. Like we're going to have this woman's going to spit in his face. You don't know what's going on later on. There'll be a callback to that. And you'll be like, Oh good. We're finally going to find out. But it's, it's not like some movies now they'll have to like, take you along like lead you by a leash here's what's going on you know blah 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 so um and then the first time we see harold is really cool him just walking through the airport i think um and then something else and is so then they're having the party at the boat and jeff says harold was probably reluctant to take the stickers off of these plates and she says, no, he actually broke two just to show how delicate they are. So it's like, okay, that's how important this meeting is to him. Like, you know, he'll, he'll pay the money to hope that this deal goes through with the mob and that he can go legit or whatever. And it's interesting because like they said about Guy Ritchie, even rock and roller is part of that. Is it right? Yeah. Rock and roller is part of them doing the blueprints. They're like, you know, trying to uh, it's all about um property and stuff so it's really interesting um and then uh belloc and bond i wrote but uh colin and the hitman so you're like oh what's going on here oh okay and you they show you okay colin's gay likes men and then he's standing there and you're like what's gonna happen and boom he gets stabbed that other guy's coming behind him you're like look out and then Pierce Brosnan stabs him in the chest and you're like, holy, holy shit. So, um, yeah, that was crazy. And then um, I'm sorry to run through this, but I'm waiting for you to jump in anytime. Um, oh, yeah. Well, the go ahead. Pierce Brosnan, that wasn't that when he improvised his one line high right right before. I think so. Yeah. You can barely hear it, too. Yeah. He's just like, hi. And yeah. then he stabs him. But it's done in a good way where he's a little shy and he's just like coming up to like Collins being kind of brave and being like, hey, what are we doing? And then you're like, oh, and then when you see that guy come up behind him, you're like, oh, look out. And then you're like, oh, shit, like so, so good in a grit in that gritty way, but also still going, what's going on? What's going on? Mm -hmm. But you're with it. You're like, I'm not, you know. I wasn't on my phone. I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm like, let's go, you know. And so then they go, they're on the boat. And that guy, forgive me for not knowing his name. I don't know if you have his name, the main mob affiliate. But, the American? Yeah. But Tony, the lawyer, is there. And Bob Hoskins, uh, Harold is like, keep an eye on Tony, you know. And why did he bring yeah. some? Like, you know, because he's worried that 
it, again, he's worried that something's going to fuck the deal up. But, you know, and then Jeff's like, oh, they just they bring people. That's what they do. Um, and. Oh, and then then so, yeah, first. Colin sees uh, G, sees um, the hitman and they're like flirting and looking at each other. And then Colin gets killed by the hitman. Then the Rolls Royce explodes, killing Eric. And you're like, what the hell is going on? And mm -hmm. this is where I put Harold and his wife are 50-50. Like, she's, she's got them under control. She knows what to say when he's not there. Like, she's, you know, it's so good. She's so good. And a side yeah, note, I, just, I was just going to say, you know, she was dating Liam Neeson. They dated for like four years. They lived together, him and Helen. During this time? I think maybe, maybe more in the seven, maybe right. Or maybe they met on um, Excalibur. So maybe after this and then they, but what were you going to say? Sorry. Oh, I was just one my favorite. One of my favorite lines is when they're right. When Bob Hoskins and Helen Mirren, um, they're first seen together when they're on the boat, the yacht. And he's like, you know, Americans love snobbery. They really feel like they've come to England when, we treat him like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought that was really funny. And then that, that, that American guy ends up kind of like, don't rush me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this, you know, and it's just sort of, it's funny how it, he kind of, yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's him. It's him thinking he's in charge, but also realizing like, Oh, I can't, I can't rush this. Like him excited. And then yeah. that guy being like, I don't want to be rushed. And then he's like, okay. And you can see how excited he is and how big this is, where he pays for the chefs, he pays for all this stuff. And then later, you know, the next day when he's like, I'm sorry about the rush, I'm ready to rush now. Let's go. And he's like, no, no, you're good. Like, I understand what you meant. And that's that thing where he doesn't realize when he gets mad at her later, he doesn't realize how close the deal came to just being done then when she's like, I had to tell him because he wasn't there but if he was there he might have done the same thing or if he didn't then they would have been screwed you know because mm -hmm. he would have tried to you know say no no that didn't happen um harold finds out about eric's death and he wants answers and he also finds out about colin and him and colin were good friends and i like this part they're talking about having colin's body picked up by the ice cream truck and Harold says, what's the dignity in that riding on raspberry ripple? <laughs> like in the ice cream truck. Um, and and then they and then he goes to his casino and they found a bomb there that came came unplugged. So it's not working. And so you're like, OK. And so it didn't go off. And then it's cool because you're thinking, oh, I think he had the Rolls Royce brought over under this bridge so he could investigate it. But no, that's a police. They're looking at it. And then this is where he talks to Parky, which something that I read that was kind of cool. I don't know if Bob Hoskins had to do with this, but Bob Hoskins was in Pennies from Heaven in 78. And uh, with the guy that plays Parky, they were both in it together. So it was like, oh, that's okay. kind of cool. Like it was a TV show or a TV movie or something. Um, but uh, Harold talks to Parky about uh, Eric blowing up and people coming after him. And Harold gets the name of the informant. And which I believe is what that guy. But I love how he's like, give me the name. 
And then he's like, okay, we're going to go. And he's like, no, no, like shit. I shouldn't have gave it the name. And, um, and then when Harold's driving through that neighborhood and he's just looking down on all, he's like, they're low lives and, you know, doesn't like, they almost drops a car on a black guy. He's like, I don't like being looked up at up my nose, like get up here and talk to me like a man, which you're like, yeah. I understand, but don't almost kill the guy, <laughs> kill the guy with your, you know, dropping a car on him. Yeah. Um, but the scene that I love is where they're interrogating the drug dealer. And so Razor shows him like he said, show him why you're called Razor. And he's got I got these three cuts on my chest. And, yeah. you know, I had all these stitches and he's like, OK. And Bob Hoskins is so vicious and mean. And and he's like getting in the guy, getting his food, eating his food and everything. And he I love that in a normal movie or the way it would be written is he goes to this guy and the, the informant, the drug dealer is going to be like, okay, here's what happened. Uh, I know everything, you know, Colin was doing this and doing that. But the guy's like, I don't know anything. And he's like, cut him. And he cuts his butt. And he's like, I still don't know. Like, what are you talking? I don't know anything. And he goes, cut him again. And you're like, Oh my God. And he's finally like crying. And like, I don't know anything. And I love that you don't usually see that as I spit all over the place in a movie where somebody interrogates somebody and they don't know anything. They beat them until they get some answer. And this guy is literally like, I don't know anything. All I know, I, I give his boyfriends the drugs and that's it. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and then he throws that girl the needle cause he looks down on them. Like here, give yourself another, another prick. And it's like, Oh, you have anything? The, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, the next scene, right when they walk out, when those boys were like, we guarded your car, now pay us. Um, yeah. One of those little boy, whoever, ended up also being on Lockstock, which I don't, I haven't seen Lockstock in years. Oh, wow. And I don't, yeah. but um, I just thought I'd mention it because it's just like right after they leave um, his house. But yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I love that part because he's like, shouldn't you have you should ask for the money before? And then they're like, well, we could we could have slashed all the tires. Yeah. And he's, like, he's like, OK, give them some money. It's OK. Uh, it was me once. That's kind of like what he was. I was yeah. his kid once. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, his uh, his childhood. And the score is something I wrote here that like Tangerine Dream would do or something like if you watch Thief by Michael Mann, like that music is like, it's creepy. It's done well. It's unlike anything else. It's really cool. Mm -hmm. And so then him and that guy, uh, him and the mob affiliate are going to go to the bar. He's like, oh, I got this bar. It's really nice. Let's go there. And as they pull up, the whole thing explodes. And he's like, Jeff, could you come with me? And you guys go somewhere else. And he's like, oh, it's a gas. She's like, oh, it's a gas leak. And they're like, okay. And they're just kind of looking questionable. And, and now when he, then he's talking to his guy at the, uh, at the bar and his guy's like, oh, well, yeah, it's some Irish guy. And he's like, Irish. Now I got to look for the Irish. Like, God damn it. And he wants everyone rounded up. And I like where Jeff is Jeff's just being kind of cool 
And Harold's like, how do you stay so cool? And Jeff says, I'm on the winning side. And you're like, okay. And that's what also makes you later on feel bad about Jeff in a way. Cause you're like, yeah, you fucked up. But also like, that was like out of anger. And now I can't stop your bleeding, you know, all this stuff. Um, yeah. But, and yeah, it's weird. I was going to say, do you think him on the winning side means like I'm on my own side or I'm on the IRA side? Or do you think he's literally saying like Bob Hoskins will get to the bottom of it? Because I, I just I now think started thinking about that. If there's another meaning to it. I think he thought Bob Hoskins would get to it or mm. get to the you know, I think because he ended up saying, why don't you just work with them? Yeah. You know, so I think, yeah, I think he thought that that would is what would have happened. Yeah. He yeah. He thinks that he'll see the right way to go. Like he says before, like when he says later, he says, you kill one and more will come. You kill 10,000 more will come like there's they're not just one small little gang. There's a bunch of them. Mm -hmm. And and then I like now it cuts back to the other bar that they're at now, the restaurant. And the mob affiliate makes a joke about the gas leak, but he knows he's like, we're not stupid. And so then she has to be honest to save the deal and tell them everything. Cause they're like, we'll leave right now. We'll be done. And she's like, okay. And she doesn't just say the restaurant got blown up. She goes, okay, this guy got stabbed. This guy blew up. Like, you know, there was a bomb at the casino. She tells them everything. And so they're like, okay. And it's interesting too, because like Bob Hoskins says later, they wouldn't have gone after him if they if they didn't use Colin to go to get the money, you know, and Colin taking a little bit off the top. They would have never known, like, oh, that's his guy. They would have just been like, who somebody took our money. But now it's, you know, everything got fucked up and, you know, all screwed up. I love. I love this next scene. So they go to this club. This guy owns this club. He's like, hey, hey, will you want a drink? No, no, it's too loud in here. Let's go outside and talk. And they walk outside and there's Razor and Ray. And they like surprise attack him and beat him up and take him away. And. And then it cuts back to the restaurant. Uh, jump in anytime. Uh, Harris is being a loudmouth drunk and she's trying to shut him down. And yeah. Harris says, don't look down your nose at me, Victoria. It makes you cross-eyed. I was like, oh, that's a great line. Like, I love it. And But also, <laughs> you're like, you've been there where somebody's been. You're like, dude, just you're going over the top. Like, just be quiet, you know. And they're you're like. You're embarrassing ah, us. Yeah. No, nah, I don't care. And they're <laughs> trying to be prim and proper. And you're just, you know, bringing up, you know, the worst of yourself. And And then you don't catch it until she says later because you think he's just mad later when he says what did she mean what did he mean when he said you don't know jeff you know you don't know him enough and then you're like oh he did say that i didn't catch it he i just thought he was angry at something and like jeff's not that great and blah 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 um, yeah now i love this scene it's almost as good as the uh interrogating that guy scene the little bit of sexual tension going on in the elevator where mm -hmm. where if i hadn't seen this before 
I think on the first time I saw it, I was like, are they going to do something? And I go, I don't think so, because she seems to really be on Harold's side. Like she's with Harold, you know, right. And but, but the way she's looking at him is kind of like that. You're thinking maybe he, you know, maybe I would make a move. Maybe this guy's going to make a move. And then when he goes up to her and he says, I want to lick every inch of you. First of all, you're like, that's right now. You stepped over the boundaries of your boss. And so you must have thought that this was going one way. And then she's like, saved by the bell. Instead of shooting him down, she just says, saved by the bell and goes off. She never tells Harold about it, you know. And it's just a thing where you're like, where I was like, you know, part of me was like, was she into it? And I think, no, she was flattered. But also, like, yeah, you know, I think her. she she was a little into it. Mm-hmm. I just think she was like, no, uh, this other thing is more important. I, you know, also I read the Saved by the Bell line was ad libbed, mm-hmm. that oh, was, wow. which was I thought it was perfect. Yeah, but, yeah. And I think yeah, she didn't tell Harold that was a smart move because he, I mean, he ended up, you know, what happened anyway. But he would have lost his shit. So yeah, yeah, but, I was gonna <laughs> say yeah. She, she was she's pretty smart oh, and yeah. um the original character for victoria was supposed to be like some working class east oh, ender really? and and then victoria or helen Mirren decided to make her more posh and involved in what and like you know that's cool yeah in, in everything i had read but, a thing where she was saying how he was a really good scene partner and that they were good where they could talk about all that stuff together of like, here's what we're doing. Here's what our dynamic is and just got it worked out. And it's so good. Yeah. And, every scene I like when they're together, I really like yeah. Harold and Victoria. It's yeah, it's great. And Razor tells Harold about the woman that spit in Jeff's face and nothing's made of it yet. So he kind of like, that's weird that you say about a funeral. There was a funeral on the day that you got back. This is a part that I had to, subtitle um the day that you got back and jeff got uh gobbed in the face spit on that's a british uh, and um and so he's like really okay and he just remembers it it's that thing of first of all if you're running anything like we said about jesse james you're running a mob thing like this you're trying to find out who's going after you your stress level has got to be like you don't know like you're questioning everything okay jeff got spit in the face well, why did he get spit in the face? But let me put that on the back burner and we'll go ahead and go forward. And it's like, oh my God, like so, so crazy where, uh, you know, there's other reasons why I'm not a mob boss, but this would be one of the reasons why I wouldn't be a mob boss if I was in that thing. I think I would be like, that's too much, too much work, too much stress. Um, And Parky tells him that the bomb was at the casino, that the bomb that was at the casino was made by the IRA because he had him take it and go, you know, take it to some secret place. Don't have the fucking police look at it. And Harold hits Parky and basically is done with him. So that's where you're like, oh, shit, Parky, you just burned all your bridges because now, you know, you're trying to tell Harold what to do. And Harold's done with you. And now he's just going to, you know, and that's that thing where they're kind of friends, but also Harold, you know, Harold kind of angry at him. Like when he meets him and he's like, here's a bomb. He's like, you fucking, you gave me a bomb in this briefcase. 
And he's like, oh, it's not working just here. You want a drink? And but he's like laying out all the rules. And I think that's what's interesting with some of these people. I think they think like, oh, you're my friend. It's just like uh, like informants a year with the police. The police are like, you know, they said on Reservoir Dogs, but it's kind of I believe it's kind of true where it's like this guy's good. He's doing good by us. No, he's a piece of shit who's ratting on his friends so he can get better time or whatever. So don't trust this guy, you know, and that's this where he's like, Parky's like, I think we're friends and I think I can tell him what I feel. No, fucking don't tell Harold what you want. Harold's already pissed that now he's got to send everybody away when he just, you know, went to a 10 to yell at them all. And now he's got to say, I'm sorry, give him all a thousand bucks and have him leave. Yeah. The guy's like, put him in a bubble bath. You heard, yeah. He's like, you heard him put him in a bubble bath. <laughs> yeah, which is which is funny. I was thinking of that, too, where it's, it's, so the, cha- it's the game of telephone where you wonder. So Harold says, give them all a thousand bucks, send them on their way, tell them we're sorry, mm-hmm. whatever. And then he tells Jeff that when Jeff turns to tell the other guys who didn't hear what Harold said, Jeff says, put them in a bubble bath, send them away. Now I'm like, are the guys getting their thousand? Are they, are these guys going to go, do we really put them in a bubble bath? What do we do? Like what, you know, it's, it's that thing of, um, it's that thing of a game of telephone where you're like, you should just tell him exactly what he said, you know? Um, um, that is like one of my, well, yeah. I mean, it's an iconic scene when they're all hanging upside down. I like it when they roll them off the truck into the, yeah meat locker yeah. and they're all um, yelling and they're all it's just really a lot of commotion yeah it's no <laughs> it's, and running them on the tracks and bring them all there mm-hmm. and talking to them and everybody else has coats on they got like suits or jogging outfits but mm-hmm. yeah it's it and then it's filmed upside down and you know for some of it and it's just it reminded me of there's a movie i mentioned thief by michael mann who there's a scene where the bad guy's talking to James Caan while he's on his back on the ground and the guy's looking down on him, walking around. And all you see is from his point of view. And it's, it just makes you like, Oh shit. You know, it makes you feel vulnerable. And that's how this one is. And Victoria tells Harold that she told the mob affiliates the truth and he hits her and she cries. And then he holds her. And it's that thing where he it's that stress where he is like, I don't know. He's like, what have I become? What am I doing? I hit you. You're my woman. I would never do that. And then she is turned away. And then when she turns back, she's crying. And then he holds her and apologizes. And and that's where I said, like, both of their stress stress levels are crazy. And. Excuse me, a woman finds a guy. So this. This is where I have a question. Now you can tell me because this is what I wrote. A woman finds a guy. Is this Harris nailed to the floor of an abandoned building? It's not Harris, though, because he's got his hair looks different. Harris is like, I didn't know which guy that was. That's one of Bob Hoskins guys, though, right? Or is that an IRA guy? I don't know. Right. That's where. That scene, I'm just like, did. And then all the explosives they show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is cool. But yeah, I never thought of it until now. It doesn't pay off, but it's cool because they show all the explosives. So you're thinking, oh, this is like Fight Club. All the bombs are at the bottom. She's going to go to the top. They're going to blow the whole thing up. First, I'm thinking, 
are the bombs on the top floor? And I'm like, oh, no, maybe they're under the floor. You know, they're going to blow up from the first mm -hmm. floor. And then she just finds a guy nailed, which looks like I don't know if you ever saw um, Alice, sweet Alice. But it looks like that exact scene where there was a dead guy yeah. laying by the open area. But anyway, um, it's uh, but he's nailed there. And you're like, what's going on? And that woman finds him, her and her dog. And it's just, you know, and and so then that's a message to Harold. And so now Harold decides Harold wakes up next to his wife. And you shared a screenshot on Twitter and he says, let's. Oh, yeah, uh, I love that scene. And it's cool that they're not something real small, that they're not sharing cigarettes. It's not it's she has her own brand and he has his own brand. Like I was like, that's kind of just something kind of cool that I like. Um, But then he does. He's like, oh, yeah, that girl spit in his face. Let me find it. So he calls Razor like find out who that woman is. And Razor's like, well, where? He's like, just there's not that many, you know, uh, mortuaries around. Just call. And so then he goes to talk to the lady and it's kind of it's cool because she does really good of acting, you know, her acting and stuff. And but also the thing of him being like feeling bad and being like, well, I'll give you what do you need? And she's like, I need 100 quid a week. And he's like, anything else? And she goes, I wish he was here. You know, I wish he was back. You know, I want him. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this poor thing. And he's like, give her some money and let's get a new headstone and just send me the bill. And which now she spent. I just thought of this. She spent some money on that, sends the bill. He's not maybe in existence anymore. I'll ask you at the end. But if he doesn't exist now, she's out the money that she just paid for this thing that will never get paid back, you know, because Harold's not in existence. Um, just kind of funny. Um, so Harold finds out from her that Jeff hired Colin and that boyfriend that he met at the bar. And the boyfriend was a Kurt was a like a taxi driver. And so then when Colin got the money, he took some money out of it. And so then he confronts Jeff. This is a great scene where it's I'm like, is he going to throw? even though I'd seen it already? I was like, is he going to throw the bottle? You just think like. Like he's so mad, is he going to throw the bottle at his face? Is he going to throw a cup like whatever? Because Jeff is saying some stupid shit. And it's just done so well because of that tension. And then when Jeff's kind of like, well, look, just join them. Let's just join them. And he's like old school where he's like, no, I'm not going to join these terrorist piece of shit. You know, I'm British. I'm this. I'm not IRA. This is what we're doing. And so he's like, how much was it? How much did Colin take? And he's like five grand. And they're mad that those three guys got killed. And so he's like, so it's a bunch of revenge then, huh? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, and that's when he's like, you can't kill these guys. Just. You know, there's so many of them. You can't. He's like, no, I'm going to take them on. He goes, you can't. And he hits him over the head with a bottle and then stabs him with the broken end. And all of a sudden you're like, you're like, oh, shit. And now he's squirting out of his neck. And yeah. you're like, and you're like, what's you're like, oh, shit. And then he's holding him, but he's not really trying to stop the bleeding, but he's holding him like, I'm sorry. Like, there's nothing he can do. He knows that he can't, you know, save Jeff. Um. What did you think of that? 
I it reminded me I forgot the name of a painting. It's like an old paint like a painting mm. where a man accidentally kills his son and then mm. he's holding him like that. And I thought about that. That um, is true. I didn't think of that. I wish I knew the name of the painting and the painter. Um yeah. uh but yeah, the I thought of the Sopranos when <laughs> Tony confronts Big Pussy on the yacht because he confronted him on his yacht and then yeah. killed him. But that's what I thought. Maybe they copied that. Um, yeah, very true. Yeah. You know, in the whiskey and all that. Uh, but yeah, I think Jeff thought he was going to get just like, like he th- I think he really thought that he would join him and he'd slip under the radar. Yeah. Maybe yeah. just like that's what like when he said well, I'm on the winning side he's like well I'm going to come out unscathed either way whatever happens yeah. I don't know yeah. I think that's We're, maybe what he yeah, thought we'll work for I'll be in a bigger organization and the other thing that was kind of cool that I just realized also is you know how you make somebody uncomfortable there's that thing where um, the things of you know a judge is up high so he can look down on you makes you you know you're kind of intimidated um, Jerry Maguire famously like he sat in a chair lower than um, Jay Moore. So Jay Moore looked down on him because he's going to fire him in Jerry Maguire. And this was, he goes, let's go outside. It's hot in here. And Bob Hoskins mm-hmm. like hot. And he sits down at his desk and you're like, oh shit, shit's going on now. And it's that thing of you're uncomfortable. I'm going to make you more uncomfortable because we're going to stay here. And this is what, you know, you know, I'm running the show. And, and then, like I said, he kills Jeff in a fit of anger. And now Harold's out of it. And Vic- and he just walks out like in a daze. And I love it. Victoria continually slaps him and makes him calm yeah. down. <laughs> because he's like, you know, these guys that I know, a friend of mine. We were at a party once. My friend is sitting there. Somebody's talking to his wife. And he can tell from her body movement that she's uncomfortable. And we're like in the backyard on the other side and she's by the back door and he's looking at and and I'm trying to talk to him and he's just focused on this guy. And I'm like, well, what's going on? And he's like, I don't know if I need to start some shit now, if I need to go beat that guy up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Like he some people just see red. My dad's that way. Like, I just get angry. And this is what and that's how Harold is, is like he's angry and you got to like bring him down and she's got to like get him over beat him over the head and she's like use harris don't fucking you know don't go off half cock because that's definitely how you'll die you know use him and so he's like okay and then there's that sweet moment of them in the car and they drive away and and it's cool too that his men are so how close he is like razor's trying to stop him you know they're all not like in any other maybe mob movie or mob show it would be if the wife beats him now the guys are thinking oh he's less than because his wife's beating him up and it's like no we know harold we understand that he's got to be cooled down you know yeah and then harold talks to harris and arranges to meet with the ira guys now here's something that so i wrote this in my note because i had forgot there's that part of there's a sniper outside the assassin who's watching through the window of that little office that's above the, the little race car smash up. And, and he looks like he's going to kill Bob Hoskins, 
but then he stops. And then I'm like, oh, is that he's going to kill? So I wrote it down, going to kill Bob Hoskins. And I'm like, oh, no, because he's one of the ones that burst in to the door. He's wearing like a brown jacket. Right. Am I right? I think I don't know. (laughs) Some of these like details are like, right. Wait, there was a scene for a second of a guy that's like far away from the office, like, you know. Yeah, I remember the guy. He has the guy pointed on them. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then when Bob Hoskins comes into view or turns around, then he puts a gun down and he doesn't shoot. So then I was like, oh, he's going to try to kill Bob Hoskins. Maybe it is. But the other guy that broke busted in looked like he was wearing the same jacket that the other guy was wearing. But anyway, I don't um, think I was paying attention to who the guy was. I know. Well, for me, I was like, I got to make these notes because I got to tell I got to tell you exactly how it is. And, uh, you know, if I fuck up, then you're going to laugh at me. So um, Harold, so Harold is giving them $60,000 and wants answers. And so first of all, I'm like, oh, he's going above the 5,000. He's giving him 6,000. He wants answers. And, you know, he's probably trying to fake up like, yeah, I want to join guys. Come on. And that they should count it. So they go to count it and he kind of backs away and he's over in the corner and as they are counting the money, his men burst in and kill the IRA guys. And now for me, you know, you're like, okay, they're done. But also you're kind of thinking like, which comes up here in a minute, but you're like, there's more than just those two guys. Like that might've been the leader of that little cell, but there's another group that, you know, it's bigger, like Jeff said, than he thinks. So when, so this will come up, but. Harold then heads to the Savoy to tell the mob affiliate that everything is taken care of, but they are leaving and there is no deal. So he gives this cool speech about Britain, about British, which I love, which is like him being like, you guys are mob guys and you're afraid of little explosions and blood and killing and stabbing. Like what the fuck? And it's the other thing of those guys have said, if we don't find out by tomorrow morning, we're done. And now this is tomorrow night. And isn't it? I think it's tomorrow night, right? It's not still Long Good Friday. It's now the next night. Maybe it is later in the evening. I'm not sure. Um, but he gives that cool speech about British. Um, he gets in his car to be driven away, but it's not Razor. It's the assassins. And they have Victoria in a different car. It's great acting mm-hmm. on his face. So what do you think happens? Even though I kind of know, but do you think... What do you think? I mean, he's got this cool look on his face where you can see you can see his wheels turning as that character of what do I do now? How do I get out of this? But a little bit of defeat, but a little bit of let me try to do some something to get out of this. You mean when they're driving off with them? Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. The final scene? Yeah. I think he thinks, I think he knows he's fucked. Okay. Okay. I, I, that's how I interpreted it. Yeah. I, I mean, because Pierce, he has that smirk and he's pointing his gun at him like, you're, yeah. you are fucked. And Bob Hoskins knows it. I, that's how I interpreted it because they yeah. were right. They were like, there's too many of us and you're not. Yeah. 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 You can't. Yeah. I, I took it that can't way, win. but his, the acting on his face seemed to me like he's, like at first he was trying, like, how do I get out of this? And then realizes that's when he has a smirk of like, I can't get out of this. You know, there's nothing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, and it's sad because they, 
like he has said earlier when he told them like for 10 years been doing good and now all of a sudden this bad thing happens and you're like oh shit like you were doing so good and it's that thing of um just just something wrong happens and it fucks everything up you know with colin and with jeff hiring colin and this whole thing and um so yeah i think that he dies but uh and then that's the end but here's something that i found barry keith wrote a sequel black easter monday which i thought was weird because easter's on a sunday but black easter monday set 20 years after the events of the first film it opened with Bob Hoskins' character, Harold Shand, escaping from the IRA after the car was pulled over by police. Shand would retire to Jamaica, then return to stop the East End being taken over by the Yardies. However, the film was never made. In one of his last interviews, Keefe seemed unconcerned by the lack of development. Quote, in some ways, I'm glad we didn't because sequels are usually diminishing returns. To put it up there with Casablanca, no one wants Casablanca too, which is true. Like, it's. Yeah, I don't thing. think that. What? I'm glad they didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, it's it, you just you re you make a sequel and people aren't gonna like it. It's, it's. I haven't seen. I'm not a big fan of the Last Picture Show, but I see how the Last Picture Show is good, and then years later they do Texasville. And you're like, okay, like you could have just gave us the last picture show. We don't need to see what these people are doing now, you know, but for the big fans, you want to see it, but you know, usually mm -hmm. you don't need that. Um, so uh, reviews, Rotten Tomatoes, critical consensus reads, quote, Bob Hoskins commands a deviously sinister performance in the long good Friday, a gangster flick with ferocious intelligence, tight plotting and razor edge thrills, end quote. So um, I got this girl from Letterboxd. Do you have to go pee? You look like you're moving around. I don't know if you're uncomfortable. No, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm <laughs> okay. just looking at my dog. Like, I hope she was panting. I hope that, I mean, I guess you can edit that out, right? I hate that. Oh, I didn't hear it. But I mean, if you need okay. to get her water, my dogs do that. And I'm like, I feel bad. Do you need water? Are you guys hot? You know. She'll, I'll get, I'll get her water when we're finished. She had some before we started. So she's. Oh, okay. She's good. Oh, you know. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah, it's weird with their, they'll just start panning and I'm like, are you okay? And she's fine. Yeah, it's because it, it's, it's in, we're, you're in a warm climate and, and normally I have my fan on mm -hmm. and I turned off so we could hear better. So okay. she just yeah. pants. That makes sense. Um, uh, Ella Kemp. So I looked on Letterboxd to see if I could find the worst review. Somebody gave it a real bad review. I found this one uh, that was kind of funny. Ella Kemp on Letterboxd gave the movie three stars and wrote, quote, did not care much for the story or the characters at all. But whew, if that's not the grooviest film score I've ever heard in my entire life, why isn't Francis Monkman in charge of everything? Which is true. Like, I'd like to hear him do more music, you know, or whatever. I know. I love that. I love the music. The yeah. theme song is so great. Yeah, it's. And it just gets you in this mood. And it's like I said, where it's of its time, the movie, it makes you feel Britain. You know, it's like I told uh, Nani State. I was like, I wish I kind of want to be in a Guy Ritchie movie. I want to be in Britain. I want to, you know, be a tough guy. But I know that I would not be. I'm not that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
The Long Good Friday was voted at number 21 in the British Film Institute's list of BFI Top 100 British Films list. In 2016, Empire ranked The Long Good Friday number 19 in its list of the 100 best British films. So, uh, so that's cool. Um, in this movie, do you see anything that Tarantino might have liked or used in a film? I think he probably liked the meat locker scene. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I think... Do you, I mean, I, I'm trying to think of the films that I've seen. I mean, of his. Well, it's it's quick Tarantino's. Right. And well, and I think in a way... Not in a way. I mean, some of this, like I used to tell Chip, I go, don't try to, you know, make it fit. If it works, it works. If it doesn't. So a little bit might be in Jackie Brown when he picks up the when he picks up uh, Beaumont and says, hey, you got to wait in the trunk and just rack the shotgun. It'll scare him. It's all I need you to do. Jump out of the thing. But Beaumont is already ratted on him. So he's going to kill Beaumont. But you don't know that. Neither does Beaumont. Puts him in the trunk drives around a little bit, just around the block, pulls into a dirt lot, opens a trunk and shoots a guy and kills him, Chris Tucker. And so I could see that being almost that, uh, but not quite. But like I said, I'm, I'm stretching, I'm reaching. But, you know, the thing of Bob Hoskins being, you know, you know, here's what maybe like this snarkiness of Pierce Brosnan. I mean, he's a silent character, yeah. but. You know, just like yeah. the end, I think is really good with him. Yeah. I, yeah. I can see Quentin Tarantino liking that. Um, our rating system here is one to five, five being the best. I rate this movie four and a half out of five. Uh, what do yeah, you think? That's, that's the exact same thing I'd probably give it. And um, yep. would you buy this movie, rent it, or find it for free? So that meaning, like, let's say this wasn't available on HBO Max or Criterion Channel, which I saw it there, but it's on HBO Max. But if not, would you rent this movie? Would you see it for free? You know, I if I'm somebody, it. if I'm somebody, okay. Uh, did you buy it or do you right yeah, now? Yeah, I, I did on, buy it. Oh, okay. Did you buy the Criterion, the big giant uh, thing? No, Those well, I, I had sort of a hard time finding, like a giant, what do you mean like a giant? Like a Criterion channel has like all this added stuff. I mean, Criterion Blu-ray or DVD would have all this stuff added to it. So like commentary and like making of and, you know, interviews. It says Criterion, but it must be an older one. Like I don't even have subtitle options and it, it was used. Right. I mean, it was sort of hard to find one on Amazon. Yeah. Because um, I don't think they make them anymore. I don't think they even have it on the Criterion oh, yeah. website. I don't think you yeah. can even order it there anymore. That's cool so, though, because um, mm -hmm. I got, I got rid of some of my, I had the killer and hard boiled by John Woo. And I had those, I, and then I got rid of them and now they're out of print and I should have kept them. But yeah, same thing. I bought the killers, both versions on a criterion DVD and, you know, so it's got, and it was used. It was like 10 bucks or something. And I was like, Oh my God, you know, but I found some good deals on eBay as well. But yeah, I think I would, uh, I would, I don't see myself watching this movie a lot, but I could say, I would say buy this movie. Yeah. 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 Cause four and a half. Yeah. Um, 
So uh, you have anything to say about this movie before I get on to Phil's film favorite of the week? You have anything to it being as I didn't let you talk much. You have anything more on your notes that I skipped over? So sorry. Um, it was based on true the Cray brothers, Ronnie and Reggie Cray, who yeah. were East London gangsters. They were identical twins who I didn't even know existed. I mean, like oh, wow. I didn't know anything about them until I, you know, looked up this you know some stuff about this movie yeah, um they were and one of them wrote bob hoskins after he he wrote him a letter i guess really they really liked he like they liked his performance and they had real gangsters on set i read somewhere that helen mirren had an uncle who was in the mob and some of them recognized her from because of her uncle i don't know how true that is but i guess they did have some real gangsters on set Bob Hoskins hung out with some gangsters to, you know, yeah. get prepared. They wanted him to sort of like embody Thatcher's attitude about business. Yeah. Even though Bob Hoskins was a fanatic anti-Thatcher person, which mm -hmm. I mean, I don't really get into British politics, so yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. out well, and it's <laughs> It's interesting because it's like, you know, I think other actors can be like, well, I'll just act that way. But somebody like John Wayne back in the day, if you said be a Democrat type guy, he would be like, no, I'm a, you know, I'm a Republican. This is what I do, you know. It, but nowadays yeah. it's, it's like, no, I'll act this or I'll act that. What's interesting about the craze back in 1990, I think it was, there was a Cray movie. It's called The Craze. And I was like, oh, wow, I want to see that. And I never got to see it. And then years later, recently, which you probably saw when you did your research, was Tom Hardy did one where he played both characters. The other one was two twins playing the part. This one was Tom Hardy playing both parts. So the one would wear glasses and the other one didn't. One was gay, one wasn't. It was really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah, those guys... It was interesting because then they were in jail and then they lived for a while. And then one of them got released. Maybe one died in prison. The other one got released and lived, you know, for a while. But it's, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that that mob British stuff, like, you know, like like everybody said on the comments, like, get Carter, so great. And, you know. I haven't seen that. I, I need to. Yeah. Because uh, I like, sort of like the gritty British movies. Yeah, my and Michael Caine, and it's you know they did a remake with, uh, I think in the two thousand maybe late nineties with uh, Stallone, but it's like his friend dies, and then he has to go find out what happened to his friend, and then you know it's this whole revenge thing of like you killed my friend, you know it's really cool. Um, and yeah, Michael Caine's always good. Um, Phil's film favorite of the week, if you're ready for that is I saw this movie yesterday, Jawan, J-A-W-A-N, from 2023. The plot, a high-octane action thriller, which outlines the emotional journey of a man who is set to rectify the wrongs in the society. I gave it four stars. This was interesting because it's a Hindu movie, um, Hindi movie, and it was interesting because they kind of you know, sometimes like they're picking on like, okay, the hospital people in the hospital, the way the hospitals are ran is not very good. So he makes a comment. So he holds these people hostage. 
this guy like hijacks a subway, like a, a train. And he says, okay, you'll give me this much money because farmers have lost this money when they're trying to farm and this guy committed suicide. And so basically to prevent that, he's like, give me this much money. They give him that money. They try to trace it and it's been split into like 40,000 other where he gave the money to everybody else to pay off all their bank loans in India. And so it's kind of like going against how the farmers are struggling. And if they can't pay a loan, they might commit suicide and they show suicide in the movie, which I'm not a person that would get, you know, but I could get where you should warn somebody. They said that there might've been a warning in the corner, but it just showed this guy hang himself and he's a farmer. And so, uh, but anyway, the whole thing is not money for this thing. It's money for the better. It's the hijacking for the better. And they kill this guy who's like in charge of the health services. They shoot him. They don't kill him. They shoot him. Then they come in and they take him away. And then they're like, okay, give us better equipment or, you know, and send us these guys. This is what we need to help this guy and put all better equipment in all the hospitals. And they're like, yeah, we've been doing that. No, you haven't. Do it now. You have five hours. And in five hours, they make all the hospitals like better lighting, better, you know. And so then it's things for the better. So it's kind of cool where it's like taking that. But then also there's this main like hero guy that's fighting people. And it's got cool fights, cool cinematography. Um, if you don't like Indian films, you won't like that. Everyone's why they just burst into song and dance. But that's what's <laughs> fun about it. I haven't um, seen many Indian movies, actually. Um, but there's a movie on Netflix called, now I forget the name of it. Um, damn it. I can see the thing in my head. Um, but anyway, um, but my wife watched that with me and I'm like, that was good. And she's like, no, it wasn't. She's like, I like the dance part. I'm like, okay. But yeah, they'll talk about like how he loves this girl. And then all of a sudden you'll see them dancing together and singing about their love. And then, you know, goes on with the story. But anyway, I give it four stars. It was at the theaters. My first, it was only, it was sad because it was, I understand it's an Indian film that not a lot of people are going to go to. It was two guys up in the back that were, you know, Indian and then me. So three people in a movie, you know, but it was 945 at night. So, you know, who knows? But anyway, that was good. So come back next week on September 29th for... The Haunted House of Horror from 1969. Never heard of it. <laughs> I know, me neither. <laughs> I don't even remember writing it down, but it's one of those where I probably have it under another name. Haunted House of Horror. It's so weird. Um, hang on, let me check. Just Watch. Do you know about Just, Just Watch? An app where if you want to find a movie to watch, you just type it in here and it tells you where it streams or something yeah or where oh yeah. maybe oh and i feel like i should correct myself like the the dvd was i mean like it was hard to find at a decent price or one that wasn't um european there was like a more expensive option but right I, it is out there 
I'm just, it wasn't like. Yeah, it's, well, it's like when I look up, I was looking up Old Boy and all they had was like Region 2, you know, and you're like, come on, like, give me. Yeah, and I feel, I swear, when I did look on the Criterion channel, mm-hmm. or not channel, uh, website for the Long Good Friday, I'm pretty sure they did not have it, so. I could see Just that. In um, case I'm wrong in the first time I said when it. I. When I just typed it in to, it's known as Horror House, teenagers gathered in an old mansion are being murdered one by one. The survivors must discover who among them is the killer before he finishes off everybody. So this is, so it's under Horror House. So let me look up that. I don't know why. Usually I put in both names, like what it might be under. So I don't know why I didn't. Horror house. All these things are coming up. House. <laughs> um, good. Okay, horror house. No, that's 2012. I guess it was a remake. Speaking of horror house, have you ever seen Houseu, the Japanese? Oh, I okay. So really, cool. I know about Houseu. Um, I want to watch it. Like my um, getting back to Criterion because it's on Criterion streaming. Um, I seem to have issues with some movies that I try to stream. Like they'll just the the picture will stop and the sound will keep going. I probably just need to right. uninstall and then redownload oh, the right. apps. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, I've tried to watch it several times and it just like won't let me. I know it's on f.movies.com. Do you know about that? No, I website? don't. Haunted House of Horror is on YouTube, nineteen sixty nine. So you type in Haunted House of Horror. 1969 full movie and two years ago somebody put this up and it looks like a good quality so that one said two hours this other one looks good too haunted house of horror so yeah an hour and a half but anyway so there it's on youtube it's on youtube everyone so check it out i'm sorry okay go ahead oh the lady snowblood is a oh tarantino very tarantino movie that's on criterion Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, oh, and by the way, there is a trailer that I'll play here in a little bit. Um, Yeah, the uh, the uh, I was on this other guy's podcast called Church of Tarantino, and he did movies that were inspired by kill that inspired Kill Bill volume one. And he did uh, that movie and he did Doll Squad. And um, and I took it off of our list. I added it to our list. It wasn't on the list. But then I pulled it off because maybe it was too much like it. But maybe I should put it back on because it's really good. It's really, really good. Uh, talk about cinematography. Have you seen that movie? It's good. Uh, <laughs> Lady Snowblood. Uh, the second one isn't as good, but the first one's really good. So, yeah, here's the trailer. They were young, irresponsible, and they were just looking for kicks. You look bored. You guessed right. I am bored. I just wish something would happen. She could not know how soon she was to regret those words. How they would all wish it had never happened. <laughs> Terribly noisy, these ghosts. <laughs> hey, we hear nothing but your dad, That does it. I'm off. There's nothing to be scared of, Sylvia. The house belonged to one family for about 200 years. 
They were obviously a strange bunch. One night, one of them went mad, hacked all the others to pieces, and then killed himself. And they haunt this house? No, they don't. The killer is supposed to be the ghost. They thought it would be fun to be frightened, but their fear turned to terror as the hand of death stabbed in the haunted house of horror. How would you like to be thought of as a suspected psychopath and be treated like one? Because that's what one of us must be. Now, can any one of you prove that you didn't kill Gary? We're not insane. How do you know? Frankie Avalon, Jill Hayward, Dennis Price, Mark Winter. A daring ghost hunt becomes a deadly murder hunt in the haunted house of horror. Now they can trust no one, not even each other. Why do you have to lie to me? Just leave me alone. Maybe you've been baiting me. Maybe you've been saying the same things about me behind my back that you've been saying about Richard. Is that it? Go away, Lydia. Let me get It's full, like the night of the murder. You know, Sheila shouldn't be wandering around this house by herself. She likes to be frightened. You know, I've always been afraid of the dark. If you were so frightened of the dark, why the hell did you come and play here when you were a kid? And do you have anything to say before I go to my wrap-up thing? Blah, 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 blah. Uh, I think I've said everything i think i covered all most of my notes all right um, yeah i'm sorry that i i t- i i realize also on the other end of it where you're like philip scuttery's reading his things for a reason they're in sort well yeah but jump in anytime like i'm i'm good with you know having a debate and being like no you're wrong and who's the fucking guy nailed there i'll tell you the guy i would never tell there. someone they're wrong on their own podcast oh, okay well <laughs> very, very true that's good that's uh rule number one <laughs> well uh, thank you andrea andrea see i keep i don't remember andrea andrea you said it don't matter i can say andrea i'll say it that way i'll say Drea. yes you can say it, yeah whatever vibe i give you yes, which of the three um <laughs> i think it's andrea but in my head yes. i always want to say andrea andrea i'll say andrea my friend from school uh thank you for joining us we hope you had fun and maybe learned something about a movie that may have had a part in making tarantino goodbye and bye thank you you're welcome thank you come back anytime (laughs) 